And what's up, everybody? This is the Inside OU podcast. Uh, this is the pregame edition. Obviously, it's going to be the first one. OU is about to take on Houston in just about two and a half hours. It's about four o'clock. I am standing right outside the, uh, I can't tell my directions, northwest corner of the stadium, I believe, with Mr. John Hoover and Mr. Rufus Alexander. This is Brady Trantham, by the way, but who gives a damn about me? So, uh, John, Rufus, it's hot outside. And just like I told you guys already a few times, I'm really mad that the game wasn't yesterday because yesterday felt amazing. But uh, needless to say, everyone's here. It's exciting. Football season's back. They got booze. They got Sunday kickoff. They got football. What more does Sooner Nation need? I, I feel the same way with him. I mean, I like a hot weather game. I love playing in the heat instead of playing in the cold. Cold hurts your fingers and stuff. <laughs> so this is all good for me. And now they got booze and stuff, so now I can drink a beer and watch a game. I love it. Oh, hell yeah. You're from Louisiana, though. I'm from Alaska. I prefer the cold weather games. I really do. <laughs> yeah. Count well, me out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a happy little medium right now. It's pr- it's pretty sticky, let's just say. But um, obviously, this is going to be a little bit qu- quicker than the typical podcast. Uh, just want to get something out there for you guys to consume before the game. And also so that you guys can keep track and, sh- and tell me how much of a dumbass I am because I got the score wrong. Um, I, I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I would not encourage you guys to tell Rufus is it, he, that he's a dumbass because he got the score wrong because he's pretty big and he'll uh, he'll probably come find you. But anyway, guys, everyone's going to be talking about the defense. Everyone's really looking forward to that because we kind of have a, a better understanding of what the offense can do against a defense like Houston. So, Rufus, what are three things, like three quick things that you want to see from this defense? They can be bullet points. They can be kind of philosophical. They can be throughout the entire season or specifically today. But what are three things that you're looking forward to, uh, you as a former linebacker, former great player from OU? Uh, Three things I'm going to look for is assignment football, competing on every play, and seeing how the secondary changes their technique as far as what they're doing because now they're saying they're turning around looking for the ball. But the other big thing is when they played against West Virginia – Kenneth Murray did not play very good assignment football, so I want to see how they if they play good assignment football. If they do, that is a they are light years ahead of what they did last year. Exactly, and that's always going to be the that's always going to be the problem is um, just guys like look, you're playing Houston. Their offense is talented. Guys are going to make plays, and that's going to happen. But it's just, I guess, it's simply just make sure you're not making mental mistakes make sure you're not making yourself look foolish on film and if that simple adjustment if that simple fix can lead to OU having an average defense then I think everything I mean obviously is going to work out well for OU at least today but John is there anything that you're looking forward to defensively yeah I want to see uh some personnel packages I want to see uh if if they're going to be able to get some pressure on the quarterback with Ronnie Perkins at one end and I'm going to say it says DT right here on this depth chart that's not a defensive tackle. You don't have 260-pound defensive tackles. Leron Stokes and Jalen Redmond on the other side, I want to see what those guys do. Uh, I want to see if they're able to, in a three-man front, be able to generate pressure from both sides. I, I know I know Perkins can. I want to see if Stokes and Redmond can do it on the other side. The other one is uh, the rush end, which makes the, the defensive end, the 260-pound defensive ends I just talked about. If you put a rush linebacker slash end, which is John Michael Terry or Nick Benito, if those guys are down on the line of scrimmage, not necessarily hand down, but just on the line of scrimmage, then those Stokes and Redmond become more of a defensive tackle. I want to see what those guys do in conjunction with each other. And then the other one is uh, Buki. What you know? What happens with the nickelback? Is is Buki the nickelback? 
are they situational with Chance Sylvie? Does Chance come in in certain downs? Does Buki come in in certain downs? I want to see what uh, Alex Grinch has dialed up for all those guys. Well, I don't know about the 265-pound defensive lineman. Rufus, did you ever play with any 265 line, defensive lineman at OU? Uh, I don't remember. That's actually a good question. I don't. Seems I don't, a little small. Carl Pendleton <laughs> was one. Yeah, Carl Pendleton Quick. was a small, but he was at no sack one, and I can tell you it was not a good deal. <laughs> I, I'll just tell you that. Power, football, and a small nose tackle, you can get away with that D-tackles. I think a defensive tackle, if you go wide with your linebackers, I mean, basically you're putting your D-tackle one-on-one with the guard. And so that's the least, the most least athletic person on the offensive line. The tackles are usually pretty athletic. Your center is usually pretty athletic because he has to move left and right a lot and smart. So you're putting your most athletic defensive lineman on the least athletic offensive lineman at more of a rush situation and giving Redmond a two-way go on that guy, I think you'll be okay. Yeah, and I guess uh, real quick before we get to the offense, just as a fan, tell me if I'm wrong, but is it weird that I'm really optimistic about this defensive line? Because if you look at the two deep, if everybody does what they're supposed to, if every, if I'm buying what the, what I've been told this entire offseason from Alex Grinch to the players, is it wrong for me to be like, hey, I think we're going to have a nice little salty defensive line? I think so. I think it's good. It's, I mean, it's good to be optimistic, be confident. I, I think Coach Grinch is, uh, has a nice philosophy, playing on the other side of the field, um, creating a different line of scrimmage. And that's what I that's what I played in, and that's what I'm looking forward to seeing today. Um, no, you're not wrong. I think that there's reason for optimism. One of them Ru- is uh, – Real quick, John, Rufus has to leave. He has Rufus, to go do uh, franchise stuff. Rufus has franchise responsibilities. You can listen to him, 107.7 in Oklahoma City, 107.9 in Franchise Tulsa. Hell yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, good pitch. So I think that uh, I am e- I am eager to see, again, in, in conjunction with that defensive end, defensive tackle position, if they have to get big, is the is the other defensive tackle actually Dylan Fahamatau? Is it uh, Marquise Overton? Or is Neville Gallimore going to hold things down on the nose by himself? That, that's that's the big key. That I think that's the difference between OU having a, a middle-of-the-pack defensive yeah. line, which has kind of been the ceiling for this defensive line over the last few years, that or them being like probably the best in the conference, like up there with Iowa State, maybe even up there athletically with Texas because they've got new guys on, on the defensive line, but the talent is going to be there. So that I think if Gallimore can just do everything that you need him to do and that he can athletically do on paper up the middle, I think OU is going to be fine at every level because the linebacker is going to have more room to roam, more room to see the, uh, the offensive backfield. And then the secondary is going to have a little bit more, not as much time to have to cover their guys because there's pressure in the backfield. That's what you're after is for the DBs to, to have less of a stress uh, when it comes to covering guys. Um, so that, let's see, the D-tackle position would be like 3A for me. And I think 3B would be Deshaun White, Ryan Jones. Who's going to win that battle? Who's going to be the more effective player? Who's going to take advantage of his opportunities? That's the one that, because it's been Deshaun White. We've heard about him for two seasons now. He gets his shot, and we look on the depth chart, and he's one of the 20 oars. He could be this guy or that guy. So yeah. well, it'll be interesting to see. And uh, real quick before anything offensively, um, because you did write a really good piece on the uh, franchiseok.com about the receivers. Um, I mean, what can what can we expect? Expect because we all know the talent that OU has in the receiver receiving core, but there's only one football, and only so many guys can go out there and make an impact. Because I mean, even last year, I think CD Lamb against FAU had one catch. 
and OU still won going away. Marquise Brown had all the big catches, the big uh, touchdown catches. CD didn't really do much. So you're gonna, I think you're going to see, if, if OU fans are going to go in there and think, I'm going to see Jaden Hazelwood, Theo Weiss, Trajan Bridges all make these badass catches, Like I'm sorry, you might be a little disappointed because there's there's so much talent in, their, in the receiving core. And also, Jalen Hurts, this is his first game with OU, he has his preferences, and it's probably with CD Lamb because of just simply with working out with him for so long. So um, just any thoughts on the receiving core? and who do you expect out of the freshmen to kind of make an impact? And even Stogner, I'll add to that. I expect all four guys to have an impact this season. Uh, today. Less so today. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Um, so, so the Z position, which is where Hollywood Brown played, which is where Dee uh, Dee Westbrook played. Your burners. It's currently Charleston Rambo or Jaden Hazelwood or Trajan Bridges. I think Rambo's not ready to relinquish the thing yet. He he was really good in the Orange Bowl last year. He had some moments in the season. Uh, Hazelwood is the guy among the freshmen that physically looks the most capable right now. Hazelwood six looks... 6'2", 206. He's really good. He looks like an NFL wide receiver. There's a reason why he was the number one receiver in the country last year. He looks the part. And if he can play the part, if he can, you know, it's, there's so much of receiver happens. First of all, Jay Norvell told me a long time ago, sometimes you can have these Ferraris at wide receiver, and if they get a little like a hose out of place, in other words, like a hangnail, throws them off completely. That's the way <laughs> Malcolm Kelly. <laughs> that's the way receivers are. They're just, the high level ones are, are just kind of like a Ferrari. You got to keep them in great shape. You got to keep them tuned up. You got to keep the oil changed. You got to keep the tires fresh. If something happens, so to all that to say, OU's got three Ferraris in their freshman class. So much of this game is played between the ears. If these guys, again, I don't expect much today. But if these guys are going to contribute, it's going to be over the course of the season because physically they're they're already there. Uh, CD told me they're far advanced to where he was his freshman year, and he only had 900 yards receiving as a – 800 yards receiving yep. as a freshman. So if they can catch up their game between their ears to where their physical, their physical game is right now, they'll be good this year, all three of them. What do you think is the most important thing to, to be successful today? The quarterback position with Jalen Hurts, like make make the throws, make all the throws that are necessary in Lincoln Riley offense, or the offensive line to dominate the line of scrimmage against. Yeah, it's a deep. There is technically a defense they will be playing against. Let's just say Houston is going to field a defense. Is that what you're saying? Yes, they are. I think that it's in the rule book. I don't have it in front of me, but I'll, I'll check later. Nice. I think the more more important of those two factors is the offensive line agreed they need to establish who they are they need to establish an identity they need to come out and play with a chip on their shoulder i think that sooner nation needs to maybe and for that matter the coaching staff needs to be maybe kind of forgiving if somebody wants to come out here and be orlando brown and get a couple of personal foul penalties oh I mean, that's what this offensive line needs. That is they such a good. That is that is such a good point. They don't Orlando need to Brown, he, he racked those up so much as a freshman. And people and sophomore. were afraid of him. Yeah, you set the tone. Absolutely. And and he's overweight and still probably going to be a very good NFL offensive lineman for the next five, ten years. Yeah. So I mean, that's, Anybody, that's any, a really good point. Actually. Any one of those guys gets up there and, and establishes himself as the the silverback, the alpha. Kendrick Perkins. That, the Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> that's what needs to happen for Oklahoma's offensive line because the other guys, once it happens, the other guys will say, yeah, that's us. Yeah, we're Oklahoma. Who do you think you are? You coming in here? And you know, that, that whole thing. If they go out there thinking, gosh, I hope Coach Biedenboe doesn't bench me. Gosh, I hope I don't step wrong with my first. Gosh, I'm really worried about this. No, that's not how to play offensive line. 
I'm so nervous. We'll, we we will see. I mean, that, that's gonna. This is gonna be a process. Like they're, if they look great today, even against Houston, if they look great today, it's going to be shocking. Just just to me because because it, it's so much different when you're going up against guy, opponents, guys you're not familiar with, guys that have are trying to scheme against you before game and during the game. But you're a busy man. We need to get you into the stadium because, like I said, um, sorry about the noise, everybody. But we're hey, surrounded. It's game day. We're surrounded by people. It's game day. So uh, hopefully it sounds fine on the podcast, and I'm sure it will. But um, really quick, John, score prediction so people can hold you accountable. Okay, 51-30. 51-30, because I was, I was going to say 49-20. Okay, over-under is 80, so I'll take the over. And the line is 20, opened at 26 and has moved down to 23 and a half, 22. Yep. I'm sorry, 22 and a half, 22. So I'll say OU wins by 21. Fair enough. Trying to do some math there. I'm trying to incorporate a little mathematics into my prediction. We didn't come here to play school and do math, John. You know that. <laughs> well, um, everybody, um, like I said, Rufus had to go do some franchise duty, so he's not able to do a pregame prediction. But uh, I miss you, Rufus. Yeah, shout out to Rufus Alexander. He's, I can see him over there with the headset on. Listen to Brady Trantham Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Follow him on Twitter at Brady Does Sports. Listen to John Hoover weekdays from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Follow him on Twitter at John E. Hoover. Subscribe, rate, and review all the podcasts in the Franchise Podcast Network. The Sam Mays Podcast, All In, Inside OU, OKC82, and Intimate with TV's Jerry can be found in all the places you listen to your podcasts. Seriously, just subscribe. You don't even have to listen.